0: the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended, apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the area to keep I feel angry. Mm. Welcome everybody to the USL show. We have a very special guest that uh, if we're lucky, we get him once a year. It's Jake Edwards, the president of the United Soccer League. Jake, how's it going?
1: It's going well, Phil. Excited to be back here with you again and uh, ready to kick off uh, another season. So I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Definitely. Let's jump right into it, though. I want to get a lot in in a short amount of time. So we'll see what we can do. Um, Let's start with last season. The stuff that began in last season is obviously still conversation for now. Last season was crazy. 2020 was insane, and you as a a leader of of a soccer league had to be a really difficult one for you. Regarding COVID especially, how do you feel like the year went?
1: Well, uh, first and foremost, I mean, we're thrilled to be back here now about to kick off again, and uh, the last year feels like five years uh, for everybody, I'm sure. Um, It was an unbelievably difficult year to navigate. Um, We've got the Uh, complications around uh, the pandemic and how do you get back on the field safely for everybody? Uh, How do you navigate that and the financial challenges that are associated with that? In and amongst uh, an election year that was so divisive uh, for the country and uh, um, you know all the societal social unrest uh, that we're all experiencing and living through and and seeing every night. Um, So uh, you know a a tremendous amount of things to navigate and, and, and work uh, our way through. Um, so, yeah, it was a really tough year and, you know, you try to look for uh, positives and there were quite a few, I, I would say. And so the uh, the owners that lent into that challenge, the players that in and amongst the very scary situation came back onto the field to play and the supporters that stuck by our clubs, even though we couldn't see them Uh, and and followed them uh, online and watched the broadcasts and and supported them in other ways. So everyone came together. We're a much closer league for it. Uh, Many, um, uh, you know, impactful organizations have formed out of that, such as the Black Players Alliance and some of the committees now that have formed in the league to navigate some of the social uh, issues that we faced last year moving forward. and as I said, we had a tremendous response to the broadcast. Uh, the viewership was, was up over 500%. People were still engaging with the clubs in the league uh, online and, uh, and following their clubs. So, you know, it, it, we've learned a lot of lessons from last year. Obviously, things didn't end uh, like we'd hoped uh, with the final, but um, uh, we, uh, we, we come through it stronger, I think, as an organization, and we're in better shape for it now moving into this season.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned a lot of partnerships there, um, and I'm really, really love that you partners partnered with official organizations and and new organizations like you mentioned there, like uh, the Black Players Association. That was really cool. Um, last time on the show, this is a bit of a tough one, but I kind of want to get it knocked out early so we can ha- have fun the rest of the show. Um, I asked you about Dan D'Amico, and you had a very strong stance on that. I wasn't able to pull the quote, but. Um, it was something to the effect of you support equality and you support diversity, inclusion, expression, um, and you, you don't. He doesn't necessarily represent your 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 thoughts there. I don't have that exact right, uh, but you know you can correct me. Uh, but a lot has happened, including Dan D'Amico maybe selling his stake in the Charlotte Independence. Uh, can you give us any more insight into that situation and, and how you were able to handle that as as a league leader? I wasn't sure if it was a lot that you were involved in or just a little.
1: Yeah, we spoke about that last time. My opinions uh, have certainly not changed since we last spoke. They are now as they were then. But uh, looking ahead, you know, we're going to support the sales process. We're going to help ensure that things get done uh, professionally and expeditiously there. And, you know, in the meantime, we continue as a league to support the players, to support the staff and and the community of Charlotte in any way uh, that we can. You know, I I I stay optimistic. Uh, It's my job, obviously, but um, I think between the sale of the club now, the opening of a new downtown stadium, uh, it really is an opportunity for the club to turn the page, to move forward. And, um, you know, I really do want this club to succeed uh, on uh, and off the field. And I think the community uh, deserves that. So I think we've got some good days ahead for Charlotte.
0: I think from the outside, we look at those situations and we kind of wonder, you know, how much the league forces anything gets involved or whether they kind of sit back and and watch it develop and and not try to get, try not to get involved. When you run into these problems with, we can think of several issues over the several last several years with owners and other parts of clubs, uh, players, um, as many or as little as any other league in the world, how do you, do you view those? Do you try to get involved immediately or do you usually try to let the club get uh, take care of it first? Uh, what is your view as a as an, uh, president and how you guys deal with that?
1: Well, look. I think generally speaking, you know, the answer uh, is that each situation is going to be different. You know, the championship um, without doubt is the most visible league that we have in the USL ecosystem. But collectively, if you look across the championship, league one and league two with over 120 clubs that's a huge number you know and with that kind of size and scale i mean it obviously comes to knowledge that on occasion unfortunately unfortunate things will happen right and that um we know that i personally and, and the usl as an organization um at times are not going to agree with some of these things that happen and we know that uh, as an organization we're going to be judged you know, we're going to be judged by uh, how we prevent those issues from occurring in the first place. And we're going to be judged by our response uh, to them if and when they do occur. Uh, so I think like on the prevention side, how do you prevent these things from happening? You know, that's, a, that's an area we spend a lot of time on. It's an area I think we've made significant in, uh, progress in excuse me, over the last few years. we make sure that we're training people, we make sure we're educating them, we're we're listening, uh, and and crucially identifying and and vetting people to be part of our ecosystem, you know, that represent the beliefs, the values of their communities, of their supporters, uh, and of the USL as a whole. So I think that's really where we spend the majority of our work on the front end, and that's where we're committed to continually improving uh, those processes. Um, You know, we we look at certain things that have happened throughout the history of the league. And I think it's important. We don't just point fingers. You know, it's important for us to sit here and think, how could we have done better there? Uh, Or uh, is there something we could have done from preventing that from occurring, whatever that might be, you know, and and we all say hindsight is 2020, but I think a lot of these issues that we experience can be uh, prevented. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's on the league to take responsibility for that. I think on the response side, when these things happen, how do you deal with it, uh, if and when they do occur? You know, I think for us, we just want to make sure we've got the right people in the room, that we're thinking deeply about what has occurred. Uh, we've got to make sure we're doing the right thing uh, and we're doing right by people and that we're being proactive and and I think, crucially, that we're operating within the legal framework and legal boundaries that we that we have that are available to us. So. We, we think about it in those two lenses, um, you know, preventative and, and and the response. But I think what's crucial for us is that we've we've got to think about flexibility. You know, it is important to us as a league uh, and the way we think about this is that we want our clubs to be individual. You know, we want them to be unique. We want them to represent their communities. We want them to look and feel like their communities. We don't want a league that's homogenous. You know, that's cookie cutter. Um, and so we have to walk that fine line. We have to achieve the balance there between flexibility and expression and local authenticity, as well as minimum standards and minimum expectations uh, across the entire uh, USL. And, and that's a challenge and it will, and it will remain a challenge. Um, we're still a young organization. We're figuring a lot of these things out. You know, and the way that we prevent on the front end and then respond to uh, any form of uh, misconduct, you know, that's something we have to continue to think deeply about and continue continue to evaluate, um, you know, how we manage that.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jake. And, and we will get to the uh, good things that have happened that you've uh, been aspiring to achieve. You've done some of those as well, and we'll get to those. Uh, but first, I wanted to kind of set the story straight. CONCACAF Champions League, a lot of trash has been thrown around uh, mentioning USL and CONCACAF Champions League. And I just wanted to maybe see if we could possibly set the story straight to some extent here. Do you think the USL should be in the CONCACAF Champions League to some extent? And how would you envision that happening if so?
1: Uh, Yes, I do. Absolutely do. Um, And I'm sure everyone's got opinions on this. Um, You know, how I look at this is that USL, uh, by uh, many a measuring stick, could already be considered one of the top leagues uh, in CONCACAF. When you think about the size and scale of the communities we're in, you think about the quality of some of the stadiums we have now, when you think about um, the media support behind the USL and, of course, most crucially, the fan support uh, at, at our clubs. Couple that with the competitiveness of the USL now that gets better and better every year. Um, We've got, um, you know, almost 30 full senior internationals playing in the league just from CONCACAF nations. Uh, You'll see Gold Cup um, teams this uh, late summer with a lot of uh, USL championship players on them. So I think from a competitive point of view, uh, USL continues uh, to um, move up the ladder, in my opinion. And so... Uh, I, I think there is a case to be made there as to why uh, some of the top teams in the USL Championship should be able to participate in the CONCACAF tournaments that would add value uh, to the tournament in markets uh, that, that don't really um, follow or connect with CONCACAF in the US. And so, and I think those teams. Um, uh, a limited number of teams would absolutely not disgrace themselves would do very well in the competition so I, I believe strongly in that i know our teams do as well they want the opportunity to to enter one of those competitions and so we've begun those conversations last year uh, in earnest uh, with the leadership at CONCACAF. Um, there's interest on both sides to explore this we'll have more meetings uh, before the uh, before the summer's out uh, and you know, we're meeting with the leadership as well as their their uh, competition department to see how this might happen, you know, and explore ways that we might be able to do this. And I think there's a way to do it. We, we haven't landed on it yet. We're still still in early early stages, but we are committed to this as a league to seeing if we can get some of our highest performing championship teams into that uh, into the into this tournament.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get more details on what that might look like later. As far as this season, I think the biggest news that we have in the offseason, especially, is the USLPA. It looks like it stalled for a minute and now it's rolling again as far as the talks moving forward. Can you give us an update on that? Yeah,
1: look, we've made substantial progress um, with the Players Association in the last few months. We are meeting every week now uh, to push this forward. We have been for quite some time. Uh, we're hoping we can get some resolution uh, on this uh, as soon as possible. Um, I mean, the reality is collective bargaining is uh, is hard, right? It's a, The legal mm-hmm. construct is difficult, and, and it's set up that way, so it takes time to work through. Uh, but there are good, uh, quality people on both sides of the table, and, and I'm so thankful for everyone's time. They're working hard. Uh, they're really putting the, the long hours into this, and they're doing it in the right way. So we certainly appreciate the time and energy, and... And we're getting close, and uh, and I look forward to uh, when this is over the line, and this will be the first CBA uh, in USL history. It's a, it's a big moment for lower division sport, and so we're all looking forward to it. So it's it's nearly there. It's not done yet, but uh, we're making great progress.
0: I can only imagine trying to sign a CBA during a COVID during the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I just try to put myself in your shoes, being having to be between the players and owners in a lot of ways and how difficult that must have been last year. Do you think that's something you can weather that maybe, do you know when it will be signed and, or a good guess, perhaps before this season or you're not sure?
1: Well, the season kicks off on, on this weekend. So oh, wait, sorry.
0: Stop. Yeah, that this weekend's not happening. I apologize. <laughs> During the season is what I should have asked. I'm yeah, sorry. there's
1: more to do before this weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like I said, they're making great progress. I hope. I hope it should be sooner than later.
0: Okay, um, league format. This is a fun one uh, for me, at least. You know, we lost the Open Cup, but you know, we get to kind of pretend we have some Open Cup style play here. We have four conferences, cross conference plays happening, and talking about. You know, I'm curious about. Could this be more of a permanent thing, having more conferences than two, or do you think we'll head back into having two again someday? What do you think? I, I imagine you might have some people might be liking the, the more conferences?
1: Well, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. You know, we, we're, we're, you know, things evolve. Obviously we, we were forced to make changes last year due to COVID. Um, we weren't uh, quite ready to make the jump straight back to two conferences uh, for this season. So this was, um, uh, you know, the, the owners and the, and the competition uh, committee uh, felt this was the sort of next logical step towards getting back to a two-conference structure. So this year we'll be in uh, an east and a west with two divisions within each. But the, um, you know, the exciting part about that, uh, we'll maintain those regional rivals. Uh, those derby matches will continue. Um, your fiercest local rival, you'll still be playing them. But we're, let, we're also reintroducing the sort of cross-conference games that we had a couple of seasons back, and there was a real appetite for that. And we've been looking to see how we can get more exposure between the east and, and the west uh, and this has provided us a great opportunity to do that and to test it out so you'll see you know phoenix uh coming to tampa and, and other sort of similar um, unique matchups and i think that's uh, uh we hope it's going to be very compelling it's going to be good football you're going to see a lot of those games will be on the national tv um, slate so uh, so some changes there but i think that's um, you know excited to see those new matchups
0: Yeah, Um, some of those places, some of those areas have new stadiums like Phoenix, Colorado Springs. You mentioned Charlotte earlier, getting theirs running. Uh, It's a lot of exciting things with stadiums, especially Colorado Springs had quite a development in addition to being just the stadium there. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about those or if there's more in store.
1: Yeah, no, look, the the stadium development um, remains one of the, Critical initiatives for the league. I've said this many years ago that we really uh, need to set our uh, goals uh, in terms of moving all of our teams into soccer-specific stadiums, and that was an ambitious uh, project. We've made great progress there. We've got some great stadiums. Most of our teams now are in soccer stadiums, and a lot of them are now looking to upgrade and, and have. Uh, uh, you know, larger stadiums, more fan amenities, a better matchday experience, um, et cetera. So last year we opened a, a, a phenomenal stadium in Louisville that really you know, set a new level, I think, for the league. And you'll see a number of stadiums of that quality coming into the league over the next few seasons. Uh, we've got about a billion dollars or so um, invested right now in stadium infrastructure projects um, mm-hmm. across the country or to come. So very excited about that um, and the commitments we're seeing in, in the different communities. Uh, across the country. So as you said, this year, we'll be opening a couple of um, fantastic new stadiums, Phoenix, a new 10,000 seat stadium that they're moving the team into. They'll be opening that on, uh, I think it's April 30th on their, their home opener there. Uh, Colorado Springs, as you said, have, have been working hard on a fantastic new um, 8,000 seat downtown stadium. They'll be opening that one in May uh, of this season. Um, and, uh, and Charlotte in their new their new stadium downtown, as we discussed before. So excited, really excited to see those um, projects come off. And uh, a number of other stadiums in the works. You know, we've talked about Rhode Island, uh, new stadium development there, as well as uh, Des Moines, fantastic new stadium project in Des Moines and, and another in Spokane as well. That so we are all excited to see if they can push those forward and get them over the line. So, again, it's about providing a fantastic match day experience, but it's also about building... Um, Uh, you know, stadiums that are permanent homes for our teams and our our fixtures uh, in their communities to provide uh, for, you know, for those communities um, throughout the year, not just on match day. So this is a big project for us and it will continue uh, for the foreseeable future.
0: Yeah, it's really uh, travels opening up a little bit here. So I might get to go see some of those this year. Uh, but if not, it's still nice to see them on TV. And I look forward to doing that, especially Phoenix, I think might have a better video setup might be one of the things I think they mentioned is, is an upgrade. And uh, the whole country will get to see a little more of that with ESPN plus broadcast schedule was was a bit of an upgrade this year. It's not uh, just ESPN Plus. We're getting a whole lot more games on the main t- main channels. Uh, a final on ESPN—that's really huge.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled about this um, this this season's uh, slate of games. I mean, ESPN are great partners. Continue to go uh, deeper with us, and this is the most expansive sort of media um, uh, schedule that we've had. You know, 18 games on national television, as you said. We've got the first ever League One. Uh, game uh, on national television a rematch of what would have been the final uh, last year. Mm We've got the championship final uh, on um, on ESPN1 end of November Uh, and we've got our first kicking off the slate of 17 uh, national team Mm -hmm. games uh, national TV games on ESPN. The first game to kick off will be uh, Phoenix in San Diego next week. So phenomenal, um, uh, you know, by, um, phenomenal partnership continues to expand. We've got some exciting new uh, announcements coming uh, in the very near future between the league and ESPN on other areas that we're collaborating on. But uh, national TV games, um, a slate like we've never had before and uh, over 700 games on ESPN plus. So thrilled with that partnership and, and the exposure we're getting as well as a um, new partnership with uh, Sirius XM. We'll be having a, a weekly show on Tuesdays there with Mike Watts and Devin Kerr talking all things USL, all the ins and outs of the clubs. That'll be a fun show as well. So, yeah, great exposure this year. Really thrilled with that.
0: Really great. I, did, I forgot about that XM thing. That's really cool. Uh, Let's talk about COVID this year. What's the plan? I know there's vaccine passports, fan capacity. There's a lot of decisions still yet to be made as far as how this year goes. I'm sure you've delved into that. Can you give us a, a hint as to how you're handling that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, um, you know, the protocols are in place. They have been for some time now as we've gone through preseason and, and, uh, and the games have been starting to be now in league one and the championships, but the protocols are in place. Uh, They'll be published uh, next week. I believe they'll be on the website, so uh, they'll be available to everyone to see. Uh, Very similar uh, to last year's um, uh, protocols, we've made some slight changes, um, some slight adjustments, uh, you know, to reflect uh, national health authority guidance. You know, some things have been... uh, um, Uh, moves back, but generally they're the same as last year. And, you know, we have a medical task force that we sit on with some of the other leagues. Uh, We'll continue to work with them to uh, see how the protocols evolve and potentially uh, start to get uh, repealed as the year goes. Um, But at the moment, they're quite similar to to, uh, last year and we'll continue uh, in terms of policy of going to stadiums for fans, etc. It will be... um, clubs working with their local uh, city, state and, and, uh, and all county uh, health officials to, to have the the uh, appropriate uh, protocols in place. And will continue to be guided by the CDC and national guidelines.
0: Yeah. It evolved last year. Things got better. And I hope that hopefully continues to happen this season throughout the season. Uh, the concussion pilot program. Uh, I've been really excited for years about that. The US almost implemented it. Um, was it two seasons ago? Uh, But this year, it's actually happening with a lot of American uh, leagues, uh, USL, of course, being one. Can you tell us about that one? It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's great. Look, we've rolled that out this season. You'll see that in the championship and League One. It's something we're 100% supportive of. We've been doing the work on this behind the scenes for a couple of years now with IFAB and with U.S. Soccer and MLS you know when you're dealing with ifab and and other organizations you know nothing moves as quick as you'd like uh, and there are a number of task forces that always get convened and need to do the analysis and etc so it's taken a lot longer than we'd hoped just to get to this stage of having a pilot but we're thrilled we're at this stage uh, and we're 100 percent in on it so we'll be having that this year i think it's um i think it's something that we're going to see um remain uh whether or not this this tweaks to it um you know with the two subs or uh, subs that can come on and come off we'll see what the what the uh what the pilot shows us at the, at the end of the year but um certainly this these protocols uh in one way or another will be here to stay we're, we're very excited that it's finally here in the uh, in the usl as well
0: yeah it'll be a lot of fun you mentioned the matchup in week two i believe of phoenix and san diego loyal getting a really good matchup up and a, a good viewership hopefully for uh national tv um landon donovan obviously will be coaching that game you've had a couple more announcements since uh, obviously tim howard's been with memphis demarcus beasley uh, announced to be uh, coming in with uh, the nebraska team if i'm not mistaken and marshawn lynch this week with Oak, uh, oakland roots that's just really exciting it's really cool this is what i was talking about earlier where you do things you try to be a good league you try to do things with communities and this is, to me, one of the things that kind of pays off by doing things right. You get some really cool people wanting to get involved.
1: Well, you said it, Phil, it's about community and that's what's attracting, um, you know, these sort of uh, celebrity investors, if we call them, or celebrity ownership. I mean, it's been really fun to watch and look, like, you've got great people now coming into these clubs, like you mentioned, Tim Howard and uh, in Memphis, Landon in San Diego, uh, yeah, DeMarcus uh, at the Fort Wayne Project. And. Michael Parkhurst joined, Charlie Davis uh, as well, Ali Wagner uh, joining the group in Greensboro, mm. and now mo- most recently Marshawn Lynch. So yeah, it's it's very exciting. You know, what's drawing, to, drawing them to these projects is that these are community-based organizations that are making a difference in their community, you know, having a positive impact, making them better places to live, work and play. And these folks are moved by that. They're from these communities, or they call these communities home. They want to be part of that movement. They want to lend a hand. They want to help their communities uh, get better in any way they can, and they can do that through this great sport and through their local club, and and that's what it's about. And so, you know, it raises the profile of those clubs, it, it raises the profile of the league. Um, but really, you know, what what's the most important thing here is you've got passionate people that want to make a difference in their community and want to do that through their local football club. And and so we're thrilled to have we're thrilled to have them on board. But it's part of the larger narrative of of why the USL and why the sport is going in the direction it is and that's based on community clubs investing in their community and and the supporters behind those clubs that's what it's all about
0: yeah love it um come a long way in the usl you if i read correctly you joined the usl as vice president in 2013 uh you're coming up on 10 years in a couple years here and so you've seen a lot uh from that perspective obviously you've been in this sport for a long time as well Can you talk about how the soccer landscape has changed or even like looking back at when you first started, all the changes that have happened, maybe things you would have done differently or things, any memories that really pop out as something that was really good in the last several years uh, since you started?
1: All right. Well, now you're aging me going on 10 years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Look, it's been, um, I think it's my eighth season now. Yeah. It's changed a lot. You know, when I joined, we, it was 2013 and, we sat down and we, we said, let's draw up a strategic plan and take us through twenty twenty and think about all the key elements of this uh of this league and the sport and how do we improve and grow and expand and, and and you know impact lives in a positive way. And for sure, um, you know, ups and downs, bumps in the road, things you'd have done differently. Um, you know, but that's part of it. It's a it's it's a startup Mentality um, here. It, things are moving quickly uh, all the time, and so you, you're you're balancing, looking ahead, thinking long term, with reacting to things as they come. We've had, you know, lot lot of changes in the landscape. Um, you know, a lot of lot of different stakeholders in Spokka, um over the last sort of five, eight years. Um, some are here, some are not here, some have evolved. We've partnered with 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 organisations like MLS. Um, you know, and, 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 partnerships are changing and evolving and the landscape's changing. You know, we've got, when I joined, we had 10 professional clubs, you know, now we're, we're well over 40 in two divisions. Um, you know, we've got a, uh, uh, launching an academy uh, program now, um, building stadiums, talking about these uh, amazing uh, media platforms. And so the landscape has changed from my perspective in terms of USL and lower division football uh, it, in um, Ultimately, when you look back at my time here, I look back, it's changed in such an amazing, positive way. Uh, We've navigated some challenges along the way. There's loads of challenges ahead. We're not a finished product as a league, but um, certainly um, if I, I, in 2013, thought it would look like this in in, in this short space of time, I don't think I would have believed it. So I, I just credit to everyone that's been involved in this journey at the club, Um, from ownership um, all the way through the club the players the fans that have got behind and lifted this league up and made it what it is so it's been an amazing journey to now you know when I think back five years ago so let's look forward five years and think about what we could turn this into and the opportunity to unite uh, all the football fans in this country to get everyone behind this you know how do we do that you know that's the that's the opportunity ahead with the World Cup coming in 2026 how do we continue to develop significantly uh, important clubs in these communities? How do we build these stadiums? How do we create a league that is so relevant and important uh, in, the, in the sport here? That's the task ahead of us. Uh, it won't be easy, but um, we've got this amazing opportunity with the World Cup coming um, to align on that goal. Uh, and certainly I think the USL can, be a, uh, can play a leading role in what's to come.
0: Love it. Last last question from me. And in lieu of the, the typical pro-rel conversation, uh, there's interesting news about the European Super League that just happened. And uh, the country of your birth revolted against this situation. And so, you know, this country is a closed system, obviously. But you're one of the few people in a place of power to do something about that. You've mentioned that you've wanted to have some kind of an open structure within your own league. Can you just talk about the, how the news of the Super League hit you and, and how you kind of think of soccer in the United States in the future?
1: Well, look, I, you know, as a fan, uh, it, it hit me... Um just as hard, I think, as it hit all the other fans, right? I grew up following Manchester United. That was my team. Um, I went there when I was six years old. I was hooked. And, um, and that interaction got me into sport, got me into football. I played since I was six. And I, you know, during my playing career, I got to play at Old Trafford and against Manchester United um, a couple of times. So it's, it's always been a, 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 um, you know, a significant relationship in my life. uh, and, And as it is for any fan of any club. So, to um hear that news uh was pretty devastating and, and i i was feeling just as angry and as everyone else um to see that um car crash happen over two days and, and from where from, and then how it ended i think you know you, my, my takeaway really is um i sort of would separate promotional relegation and 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 of the club let's say i think there's slight i think you can separate them in this in this example is what we saw um in large part it's the concept that this is my club not yours or this is our club as fans this has a history we've supported it my whole life my dad my granddad etc this is our club it was formed by us it's ours um and as an owner you're a custodian of that history for for a period of time and hopefully you add value to it and then you pass that baton on to the next person um, and if you if you think about that in a different way and that, that that it's not ours and that you can do what you like with it and take it and put it somewhere else that's just absolutely alien to the fans it's their club and they spoke uh In in overwhelming clarity, (laughs) and I think it just sends a message that you know don't try that again. You know, if you think you can, you can't, and look, that's the result. Um, And it's about you know fan ownership of the club and the community aspect of it, and that's and I think that's just as important over here. If you don't have a hundred years history of your club, it's still just as important that that's your club. Uh, it's no less important and we've got clubs all over America where fans come out in droves to support them and it's their local club and you know the owners pour a lot of money into it and a lot of blood sweat and tears they put into these clubs and we're so thankful for that but um, but also know there's another owner here as well and that's the fans and so that was the message now in terms of like the pro-rail and it's a closed system we're trying to take this into an environment where there's no risk and um, and it's just the same teams every year. That also is is an alien concept and not one that um, was supported uh, in England, obviously, and in Europe, and in the spirit of fair play and competition, etc. So when you're trying to take that away, and that's the way it's been forever, yeah, you're going to get a very strong reaction. Over here, we don't have that system. We're trying to we're trying to bring it in, in, you know, the other way around. Um, and so it's it's a, it's a different conversation. But I, I, I've said before, I do believe. Um, we're getting to that point now in our evolution of the sport and the support of the sport and the size of the clubs that I think, I think it's warranted, you know, and so it's something that we've talked about and looked at and we got sidelined on it really with the COVID year we had last year. Um, And we're focusing on getting, getting ourselves back on the field and getting ourselves sorted out this year. But, you know, we we're in a position now to start looking at that with multiple divisions. Um, And we're starting to get the size and scale to make that happen. So, um, it, those, those, that work still is going on uh, behind the scenes at USL so I, I, and I have said before I do think it's, uh, it has merit that this is something that uh, we should be looking at to, um, to make these games more competitive to attract higher talent to you know, foster investment in the lower divisions to create ambition uh, all of those good things that that, that, um, you know, that, that, can, that can come with it as well as the negatives that can come with it uh, all that work's been done on the on the inside at the moment to to work through that. Um, but it's been it's been a uh, an amazing few days, hasn't it, in world football <laughs> to see the reaction. And actually, I'm just like everyone else. I'm so proud that um, you know people's voices and passions and actions can can change things that are important. And as has been said, you know, if we can mobilise with that kind of passion for in other areas of life with other um, injustices, then uh, I think we've proved the point that, you know, if you want it badly enough, you can make it happen.
0: Uh, that is just eloquently said, sir. Thank you. Uh, I was hoping you might have feelings on it and boy, did you deliver. So <laughs> um, look forward to that uh, in the future, the The feelings on and off the field, the uh, work with ProRel, it's all important. Um, and some of the stuff's more important than others, of course. Uh, well said there, sir. Thank you. Uh, any more thoughts before you go? That was all I had for you.
1: No, I think we're all good. I uh, appreciate your time. We covered a lot there. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just after the year we've all had, I'm so appreciative that we're back on the field. And, and I do believe in some in some small way, you know, the football and the supporting of these clubs and seeing the boys back out there playing again can, you know, get us back to, you know, can just get us back a little bit, right, to something a bit more familiar and, and get us moving forward again. So I'm very appreciative of everyone's patience and continued support for the clubs. and. Um, and we're so thrilled that you can get back there and get on the terraces and start singing and, uh, and cheering the guys on and, and it's going to be a fantastic season so anyway appreciate it Real appreciate your time having me on the show and uh, I do encourage everyone to get down to their local teams and watch if you can't do, do, uh, do follow them online on ESPN Plus and watch the games on the, on the national TV games appreciate it
0: thank you sir thanks for the time uh, for a little USL show so thanks for that and good luck to you with all your work in the future Thanks real